Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 Southeast Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Uh, as we begin today, we're beginning a, a new series, uh, but I want to start just imagining together uh, that in this new year, the uh, CEO of a very wealthy corporation uh, wants to give you $1,440 per day. Pretty good proposition, right? These funds are going to be deposited into your account every day, accessible immediately for your use. When you wake up, a new 1440 is right there for you, but there's just one catch. I mean, there's always a catch with free money, right? There's a catch, but this one's pretty good in the scheme of things. The only catch for this is, is that these funds will not carry day to day. You've got to spend it every day. You can't save it, use it, or lose it. Not a bad catch, really. So what would you do? Yeah, all right. I want to be your friend. <laughs> So what would you do? $1,440 every day. Now, I mean, I know we're, we're going to start giving it away. We're going to tithe, right? Like, I know that was the first thing on your mind. I, I just felt that. Uh, so after we're tithing, 10% off the top to the church, uh, we're left with eh, $1,300. So now what? We can't save it, so we probably can't just pay off our, our mortgage or pay off our cars. Maybe we make some extra payments, get caught up on some things. Hey, with $1,300, I might be able to go to Costco and actually pick out a few items. <laughs> That's going to be my dream. That's going to be my dream, okay? Maybe we want to give it away. Maybe we're going to look at a new car or might look into a new boat. I did go ahead and check. I can make the payments on a new boat for $1,400 a day. <laughs> a nice one at that. So this can be fun, right? Like we can have a lot of imagination in what we would do with $1,400 a day. Think about this, how much we would learn about one another in watching what we did with it. What would we learn? You see, a, a gift like this is revealing. What if I told you yesterday you received a gift like this? Now, before you pull open your mobile banking app and start looking, this gift that you've received yesterday is far more valuable than money, so it's not in the bank. Yesterday, God gave you 1,440 minutes. Time. Our most precious gift and yesterday, you received 1,440 minutes, 24 hours. How did you spend it? 
was not shoveling snow. <laughs> so how'd you spend it? Did you make a good investment? You see, how we use what we've been given reveals the priorities of our hearts. And the truth for us today is that God cares about how we live. God cares about what we do with what we've been given. He cares about our day-to-day walk. In fact, God cares and He has expectations of us as His children. What does that mean? What does it mean that God has expectations of us? Have you ever thought about that? Like, what does God expect of me as a son or a daughter in Christ? Friends, that question is exactly the question that we're going to seek to answer over the next couple weeks. That's our course in our new teaching series called The Talents. The Talents. Uh, Throughout this teaching series, it'll be four parts. Uh, Throughout this four-part series, uh, we're going to seek to understand and answer that question, what does God expect of me? It's an important question as followers of Jesus. What does God expect? We believe uh, wholeheartedly that it is only by by the grace and the mercy of God that we can be saved. There's absolutely nothing that we could do to earn our salvation. But those truths, that truth uh, of, of grace and mercy and God's forgiveness do, does not cancel, it doesn't nullify the fact that God has expectations for how we live, how we live out the life that he has put within us. In fact, uh, Paul in his letter to the church in Ephesus, we read that, that we were created to do good works. You are made with a purpose in God's kingdom. What does God expect? We're going to take that journey, and over the next couple weeks, our central teaching text is going to be the words of Jesus in Matthew 25, and uh, his teaching and story known as the parable of the talents, the parable of the talents. This parable uh, in Matthew chapter 25, it really has a surprise ending for one character in the story, and it becomes very clear to us that this is a hard truth, what God expects uh, matters. <laughs> it matters. The issue of how we utilize what God's given us it isn't just a nice idea. It's not extra credit. It's central and critical to our life as believers. And what, as we'll see in the story, it has dramatic consequences one way or the other. So let's dive in today to our teaching text in Matthew 25. Uh, the text will be on the screen. It's also in you version uh, if you want to follow along there. So Matthew 25, beginning at verse 14, the parable of the talents. And again, these are the words of Jesus. He says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, and to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Uh, to catch up with where we are in the flow of thought of Matthew and the story of Jesus in the Gospels, uh, this parable comes in line with several other parables that Jesus has been telling uh, in Matthew's account. In chapters 24 and 25, Jesus is telling stories to illustrate for us what the kingdom of God is like, 
What is the kingdom of God like and how his disciples are to live in that kingdom? And so uh, that really gives these parables, this teaching text, immediate relevance for our lives. Jesus was teaching it for his disciples about what kingdom life is like. We should be in the story. Uh, So again, verse 14, when it opens up with, again, it's connecting it with these illustrations and what the kingdom of God is like. And so it begins with a man going on a journey. He's calling his servants or his employees together, and he's entrusting his wealth to them. And in the first century, this would have been a very uh, normal custom, a very normal thing. Uh, So depending on your translation here, just a a little bit bit of work in the study, Uh, Your translation may say talents. It could say silver. Uh, The NIV translates it like we saw here, bags of gold. Uh, The the original word that the translators are are wrestling with is where we get the English word for talent. For talent. Uh, But in in the original context, this was a unit of measure. It was a way of measuring uh, money. And so while we don't know exactly how much a talent was worth, uh, biblical scholars estimate the value of one talent being somewhere between four hundred and six hundred thousand dollars Cha-ching, right? So that means that the, the first two servants meant that over a million dollars. They're in six figures right off the bat. That ain't nothing. And even the final servant that only received uh, a one talent, uh, still a half a million? That's okay. That's okay. And so these gifts are entrusted to the servants, and with no further instructions, the master steps out. What would you do? You've got maybe over a million dollars, or you've got a half million. What would you do? Let's continue in the story. We'll see the path of the servants. Verse 16 says, The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags of gold more. Uh, So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. And so as the story opens, uh, the, the two servants, they take it upon themselves, even though they didn't get the instructions, they utilize what the master had given them. They set off to work. But yet we see the third servant, he has a little bit of a different approach. He takes his half million and buries it in the ground for safekeeping. I was trying to imagine today how big of a hole that takes. If you want to loan me a half, I'll find out for you. Let's continue in the story, verse 19. Three servants have made a choice what to do with what they've been given. Verse 19, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. Verse 20, the man who received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold came, Master, Master, you entrusted me with two bags of gold, and see, I I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. 
come and share your master's happiness. You see, we're starting to see the fruit, the work of the servants come to light in the settling of accounts. The, the first servant, he has put his money to work and doubled it to ten talents. That's a really good rate of return, I'm just saying. Uh, the master is really well pleased with a servant's efforts. And we hear the praise, well done, good and faithful servant. I have more things in store for you. The second servant steps up. And he has also doubled the master's money. And again, we're seeing an increase. There's an investment. And yet, while this is a, a fraction of what the first servant brought back, they receive the exact same praise. They receive the same praise. Both servants were commended equally for the stewardship of the master's money. And so that leaves us one more account to settle in verse 24. Says the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I, I knew that you were a hard man. You harvest where you have not sown, you gather where you've not scattered seeds. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. We see in this text that the third servant is different. That's what Jesus wants us to see. He certainly has a different attitude, a different heart posture towards the master. You see, what we do with what we've been given always reveals our heart. The servant's actions in this story, they're, they're motivated by fear. He tries to even do a little blame-shifting in the story, but the master will, will have none of that. And to be perfectly fair, uh, this servant didn't lose the money. He returned every penny back. That's not what the master had in mind. Let's continue in the text. Verse 26 says, His master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to one who has ten bags, for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This last servant uh, seemingly does less than the least. He does less than the least. He, he could have at least put it into the bank to earn a little bit of interest, but he didn't even do that. And we begin to see that if this servant had truly known the heart of the master, he would have done something to invest what he'd been given. But rather, he's shown, he's revealed to be a little apathetic uh, to the desires of the masters, disinterested in what his master's wishes would be in his absence. Throw him outside <laughs> into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Doesn't that seem a little harsh? <laughs> Friends, that's the emphasis of the parable. 
What we do with what we've been given matters to God. What you do with what you've been given matters to God. God has expectations of his people in his kingdom to utilize their talents, their lives for the growth, the flourishing of his kingdom here on earth. We just sang, Father, let your kingdom come. God has expectations of his people. So how are you investing what God's given you? How are you investing? Is it for growth? Leveraging for the kingdom of God? Or is it for self-preservation? <laughs> Motivated by fear. I've, uh, I've witnessed this principle of, of being responsible for what you've been given. Um, I've witnessed it in my life, and, uh, and it's, it's around a gift that was given to my wife and I um, almost 10 years ago now. Um, good friend of ours, Dan Lee, uh, from the Harrisonburg campus, he made us this cutting board. Uh, it's, you should come check it out. Like, this is Dan Lee. Um, it's beautifully put together, different kinds of wood in a pattern, sanded, plain down, sanded, sealed to perfection. Like, this is Dan. Uh, if you've never met him, super guy. But Dan made us this as a wedding present. He gave it to us as a gift. Um, and, and he didn't really give any instructions. He gave us a knife with it, which I still have that too. But he didn't really give us any instructions. Uh, literally, he, he set us up to use this thing. But there's just one problem. I can't stand the thought of cutting this. There's not a scratch on it. We've literally never used it. It's too pretty. I just, like, the thought of plopping a chunk of dead chicken on this thing and gnawing on it, I'm like, I can't do it. And I told Dan that one day, and this was several months after we'd been married, and he found out about it, and, and he gets frustrated. He's like, what do you mean you're not using it? But I said, Dan, look at this thing. Like, it's just too pretty. He said, too pretty? I made it for you to use. I said, but, but look at it. He said, well, if you're not going to use it, I'm going to take it back and I'll use it. So, well, let's not take things too far. <laughs> you see, it was made to be used. The maker <laughs> gave it that we would use it. And it turns out he's a little upset that we haven't put it into use. <laughs> you see, how we utilize what we've been given matters to the Lord, and it turns out it matters to Dan too. But you see, the parable of the talents, it's illustrating that. God expects his people to utilize what they've been given, but it's a lot more serious than Dan's frustrations and disbelief. It has consequences for us. Throughout this teaching series over the next couple of weeks, we're going to focus on four, four different talents, four different areas uh, four different things that we're all given and how we should see ourselves giving that back for the growth of the kingdom. The master, we're, we're going to seek to understand what God expects from us uh, with regards to things like our time, our spiritual gifts, with our money, and ultimately our 
lives. Life is a gift. (laughs) What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? You see, in so many of these things, we might have uh, different amounts of money, and we certainly have a wide variety of gifts and skills, but there is one area, and that's where we're going to try to uh, focus in a little bit here today. There's one area that we're all equal, and that's time. Now, to be sure, none of us know how much time we will ultimately have, but every day we're given 1,440 minutes. It's a gift. We all start equal in time. What are you doing with it? How are you investing that time? So if we take this idea of time and life as a gift, and we embrace the sense and the meaning of the the parable of the talents, God has expectations for what we do with our time. So we have to ask, what does God expect of our time? If you're able to take an honest look, if if you were going to take that question and and look back over your calendar for the last month, what would you see? What patterns exist? Where's your time going? God has expectations for us. Let's turn to Ephesians 5. Uh, This is the Apostle Paul uh, writing uh, instructions, giving life instructions for believers in Ephesus and Wouldn't you know, it includes some thoughts about time. This is out of the ESV. The translation varies just a little bit, but this is good. It says, uh, Ephesians 5, verse 15 and 16, it says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. In this teaching text, Paul is encouraging believers to look carefully at how they live. Uh, in the financial world, there's this honorary thing called an audit. <laughs> an audit. Uh, that's where you go back and do a thorough examination of financial statements to see where your money's been going. Paul's calling for an audit of our lives. Look carefully then how you walk. Examine your life. Examine. Take an audit. Paul says, pay careful attention to how you're living because we need to make the best use of our time because the days are evil. And look, Paul's not disparaging over the time. Uh, He well understood the the, the now, but not not yet, that we're in the kingdom of God. It's not yet fully realized. But we have a calling of urgency to invest our time and our lives wisely for the kingdom of God. So what does God expect? He's expecting his people to live with intentional urgency for the kingdom of God. That we would use our time, that we would invest ourselves in the growth of his kingdom. That we would understand that he is giving us every minute of every day we have for a reason. Treat your time like a gift and invest it for the Lord. Uh, as, as the band makes their way forward, so, so what do some of those investments look like? What does a good investment strategy look like for your time? We all have 
Just as in the parable that the servants were given according to their ability, we all have different abilities and different stories and different callings right now. So how you're investing your time, how God is calling you, is going to be nuanced to you. It's going to be fleshed out in your relationship with the Lord. But, but what, if we, what if we start at the ground level? What if we start at the ground level of following Jesus and said, what does it look like? What does God expect with our time? What if we started looking at our time in prayer? I mean, talking to God, listening to Him, and I, I know, like it almost can become cliche, pray more, but that's not it. You see, prayer is a place of relationship and intimacy with the Father. How are we investing our time in prayer? How are we investing our time uh, reading God's Word? Yes, to know it, to understand it, but to learn and know the one it's revealing. Friends, that takes time. We can't hurry through some of these things. Like, hurry is a default, right? It takes time. What if we would invest, take time to focus on relationships that God's given us, investing in those? What if we would start looking and seeing, Lord, how can I invest the minutes, some of my 1,440 minutes a day, how can I invest that in serving others? What would it look like for you? would it look like and look I I get it that we're busy we're tired we're overwhelmed a lot of us honestly struggle with time so I understand that a, that a message like this can can just feel overwhelming but friends this is at its, at its core this message is about not about doing more or achieving more this is about giving back what we've already been given. This is a discerning and accounting for what we already have. What are we doing with it? I love the prayer of Moses in Psalm 90. He says there, so teach us, Lord, to number our days so that we may get a heart of wisdom. Not teach us to number our days so we know strategically how much more we can get done. That's not what he prayed. He says, teach us to number our days, to value our time, pay careful attention so our hearts can be changed. A heart of wisdom. You see, to value and invest time that God has given us in His way in obedience to His will is an invitation to life. In conclusion today, I, I want us to just perform an audit. I want us to just take a couple minutes to, to take Paul at his word. Let's, let's do it. Let's look carefully at how we're living and perform an audit. Uh, as I was preparing this week and, and, and trying to do some of the auditing of my own, like, what's, what's, where's my time going? Man, there, there's, there's some things that I can say, yeah, man, we've, we've made some good investments here. I, well, I thought one of the greatest investments we've made in 2023 was into life group. We've received so much life and growth and depth and relationship from that connection. I, I hope we've been able to give even a fraction of what we've received. I thought, oh, man, that was 
It's a good investment of a couple hours a week. But you know, my, a truthful audit reveals some places that I'm wasting time to. Uh, I'm a morning person, not in a sense that I want to like talk to anyone or be around people, but I just enjoy the early hours of the morning before everybody else is up. Coffee adds to that. Those early morning hours are, are, are a gift. And that's when I'm trying to, to stay focused and read and study God's Word and to reflect and do some journaling and pray, like to, to utilize and invest those moments well. But if I'm honest, an audit would reveal that I can get a little sloppy in those morning times. See, because the phone will come on and, well, let me just, let me just check what the snow's getting ready to do on social tomorrow. Oh, that's a nice boat. Oh, where were they fishing? You ever get caught in the wormhole of social media? <laughs> you start out looking for one thing, and you, next thing you know, you've scrolled 15 minutes by, and your mind is gone. <laughs> yeah. I need to pay attention to those moments. They're not good investments always. So what about you today? I would just invite you to reflect. If you want to bow your head or pray, or what, what would it look like for you to perform an audit today and find out, Lord, where's my time going? Where's my time? How am I investing? As the band plays, I would just invite you to think, to reflect. Listen to the voice of the Lord this morning as he talks to you about your time. Are you making the most of your days for the master's heart? Are you seeking the opportunities for kingdom growth? Or are you investing in self-preservation and out of fear? Today is a gift, friends. Thanks for investing some of your minutes with us today. Will you invest a few moments this morning reflecting about what you've been given in regards to your time? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we want to echo the prayer of Moses. Teach me to number my days, Lord. Not so I can get more done, not so I can earn more, do more, be more. But Lord, so that I can come into your presence. Lord, that you would change our hearts. Give us a heart of wisdom. Lord, to know what you desire of us, of the 1,400 minutes a day you give us. Lord, help us to be honest in our reflection this morning. Help us to invest some of the minutes that you've given us into an audit of our time. Lord, give us a vision for how to invest wisely for the growth and flourishing of your kingdom. We love you today, Father. Thank you for the time that you've given us. And it's in your name we pray.
Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.